0: This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow.
1: This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of June 1st, 2019. Miller takes AB to Injunction Junction.
2: Anheuser-Busch coming to a Ren fair near you.
0: Belgian monks perform their own resurrection on beer.
2: They asked if they could make molecular whiskey, but they never asked if they should. All this and more on Have a Drink News.
0: Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
2: I'm Justin Frazier.
1: And I'm Christopher Walker, and let's just jump right into this. So the story everyone's been talking about for a long time actually has some movement going on. So according to Time, where we sourced this one, Bud Light must stop running ads saying that Miller Light contains corn syrup. This is according to a judge ruling. Uh, A Wisconsin judge has ordered Anheuser-Busch to stop suggesting and advertising that Miller Coors Light beers contain corn syrup, wading into a fight between two beer giants that are losing market share to small independent breweries. U.S. District Judge William Connolly for the Western District of Wisconsin on Friday granted a preliminary injunction sought by Miller Coors that temporarily stops Anheuser-Busch from using the words corn syrup in ads without giving more context. Miller Corps sued its rival in March, saying St. Louis-based Anheuser-Busch has spent as much as thirty million dollars on a false Ooh. and misleading campaign, including thirteen million in its first commercials during this year's Super Bowl.
2: Mm.
1: However, yes,
2: though, I'm just thinking of like, oh, they spend thirty million, and then you can't use it.
1: <laughs> well, no, they. I think the damage, they've already used it. They've the damage is done. Ways. It's it's one yeah. of those things. Um, thanks to uh, what. Uh, stuff you should know. It's like the, the Tylenol thing that happened back in the 80s when you had, mm-hmm. you know, a, a few bottles that were pumped full of cyanide. Yeah. And it's just like, no, the damage was done. Like, you, the brand took forever to recover. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the ruling did not affect all Anheuser-Busch's advertising targeting Miller Coors, allowing the commercials that premiered at the Super Bowl to keep airing. anheuser Bush's ad drew a rebuke from the National Corn Growers Association which thanked Miller Coors for its support. In its lawsuit, Miller Coors said it's not ashamed of its use of corn syrup as a fermentation aid. Corn syrup is used by several brewers during fermentation. During that process, corn syrup is broken down and consumed by yeast so that none of it remains in the final product. Bud Light is brewed with rice instead of corn syrup, but Anheuser-Busch uses corn syrup in some of its other beverages, including Stellar Artois Cider and Bush Light Beer.
2: Hmm. c3 Cidre.
1: Cidre, my bad uh, uh, i don't know if that's actually pronounced it but probably, i just like just trying to say it's not actually Cidre. a cider they're just they're going it's still artois and they try to make it as fancy sounding as they can
2: no no there needs to be fewer letters you pronounce then
1: <laughs> Stella Cidre. Cidre.
0: Cidre.
2: uh no no here's the proper way to pronounce it
1: <laughs> there you go because you should never should never order it uh it kills me. It hurts me so deep inside, even to hear uh, the dude on the fan oh, Stella commercial. When he's like, give me a Stella Artos. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, someone did not explain to Jeff Bridges how to say that.
2: Uh, yeah, probably not. Um, I I still like to think that a lot of this is just... A lot of the, uh, the Anheuser-Busch's initial stuff from this was just... They, wa- they were mad everyone made fun of them for using rice.
1: Probably, or their weird uh, lattice invention that sucks hop flavor out of the beer. Uh, Miller Coors applauded the ruling and said Anheuser-Busch should be trying to grow the beer market, not destroy it through deceptive advertising. Uh, we are pleased with today's ruling that will force Anheuser-Busch to change or remove advertisements that were clearly designed to mislead the American public, said Miller Coors CEO Gavin Hattersley. Uh, I I don't think that their Facebook ad where uh, Anheuser-Busch took credit for bringing uh, sour beer to America (laughs) is in that, but the people got that one pulled down. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, however, called the ruling a victory for consumers because it allows the brand's special delivery Super Bowl ad to continue airing. That ad showed the medieval caravan pushing a huge barrel of corn syrup. We all know it. We've seen it. Everyone knows it.
0: We've talked about it, too, so.
1: Yeah, Judge Connolly ordered Hanser Bush to temporarily stop using advertisements that mention corn syrup without reference to "brewed with," "made with," or "uses," or that describe corn syrup as an ingredient in the finished product. So that is. Sorry,
2: I'm, big, I'm picturing Judge Billy Connolly right now.
1: If only. Huh. Don't you're gonna make me cry when I think about that? Because he's he's done. His Parkinson's is so bad that.
0: Mm,
2: no. Yeah. Sorry. <sighs>
1: No, I'm going to go cry somewhere. I think What About Dick is still on uh, Netflix, for those of you, speaking of Billy Connolly, if you want to mm-hmm. see him in one of his last like live roles, there was, it's a stage production with oh, all the people in it that are affected by illnesses. Tim Curry was in it. Billy Ooh. Connolly. Uh, it's Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, ruling... The ruling affects affects two Bud Light commercials and billboards that describe Bud Light as containing 100% less corn syrup than Miller Lite and Coors Light. So, uh, Chicago-based Miller Coors and Anheuser-Busch have the biggest U.S. market share at 24.8% and 41.6%,
0: respectively.
1: But they've been losing. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to leave. I won't read the rest. I just want to say they've been losing. So yeah, this whole thing, it's fine. They've been pushing for a while on this, and it also makes me kind of hold out hope for Stone's case against Miller.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> Go Miller, keep going, so we can sue you. It, Miller got their injunction. What if Stone gets their injunction against Miller? <laughs> was it Miller or? Yeah, it was
2: Miller because they own Keystone.
1: okay. I Keystone always forget. Cops. That. So that would I think that would just be a, a delicious, you know. Turnabout's fair play thing.
2: Injunctions for everyone.
1: Injunction City. Uh,
2: uh, well, uh, in other Anheuser-Busch news, yeah. uh, they are to launch... Uh, sorry. Uh, and uh, Let me just read the headline from Vinepair real quick. Anheuser-Busch uh, launches Low Cow Mead is a high-key hypocrite. <laughs> uh As condemning mead and those who drank it via the insufferable Dilly Dilly uh, Bud Light commercials, Anheuser-Busch is now producing its own honey alcohol beverage, a sparkling mead called B. What? B. Just Just, lowercase b.
1: Okay, so I'm going to look at, oh my god. They look like energy drink cans, and it's, so, in in one sense, I hate this. I hate it with every fiber of my being because I just hate anything AB touches.
0: Hmm.
1: But in the other, I'm like, I almost applaud them because it's how did they catch on to this the underground mead scene that's kind of bubbled up and they they see this trend that is growing huge and jumped on this. It's, but like the it's
2: impressive that a company this big will will can kick something out that fast, especially going like no. Not only is it just mead, but it's a low-calorie mead.
1: Yeah, this is like combining a whole bunch of things, and you're like, you know, some an executive had to have their ear pretty low to the ground, like to know that even to know that mead is a huge thing right now. You have to like be in the circles, like going to beer releases and all this stuff to know that it's a thing.
2: Well, the brand will come in two flavors: B, honey water and blueberry, and B, honey water and cherry. Uh, The 100-calorie, 3.5% ABV drink is being marketed as an alternative basically to Bud Light.
0: Hmm.
2: Uh,
1: Wait, what? As an alternative? So is this just something... That makes no sense. Is it basically just a... Is it going to be like a malt beverage that's sweetened with honey? Is that where they're approaching this from, you
2: think? Well, according to Anheuser-Busch brewmaster Nick Offreddy... Offreddy? Uh, B is for when you want to play in the game, but not necessarily go that hard.
1: <laughs> no, I like clearly... the next sentence here. Helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, clearly, they've never had real mead, because real mead messes you up. Goes hard. Or at least the, well, he... the stuff that Aaron was dumping down my throat on that, uh, that fateful yeah. New Year's Eve.
2: Well, he says it's all, uh, it all, it's also, he says great for the summer in the park or at the barbecue and and, uh, and and definitely quote, not an, an autumnal mead. Mm. It's mead.
1: Uh, Uh, in the chat, uh, furry Viking has to say, uh, Vikings. That's kind of like, dude, Vikings hard AF.
2: (laughs) Mm. Well, how does B taste? Oh dear. Uh, Says, well, we'll spill the tea in the flavored malt beverage tasting that included nearly 50 spike seltzers or similar beverages. Panelists described B Cherry as having chlorine, plastic, and strawberry shortcake doll aromas. I remember
0: mm. that scent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as for B Blueberry, flavor notes include old soap, old beer, and not refreshing. <laughs> That's stupid. Too- oh that
1: also sweetie you're... hats
2: off hats off to uh the writer here on yeah. vine pair cat Wolinowski. well done
1: very well mm-hmm. done and I, I have to say to Brittany, you're just you're just showing your age there
0: okay everybody can remember strawberry shortcake only people from the eighties but... can
1: remember it because the, the, all those uh well, yes scents, i was born in the 80s whatever those scents have all faded
0: well, they also brought it back. Yeah, they the brought busy. it back three, like what in the last like 5 years or something.
1: Yeah. But no, those descriptions are delicious. Yeah, no. Like not that it sounds delicious, it's just
0: Good job on the article. <laughs> yes. Well, this is what happens
2: when you rush out too quick trying to get something out the door.
1: It's
0: such a it strange like idea. Everybody else is like spiked seltzer water and they're like sort of mead. yeah it's like they're trying to get ahead
2: of of a curve
0: but it's not a it's not a trend that like somebody's like oh this is this is gonna happen this is gonna be a thing
2: well it's like hitting two different trends is yeah it's what we were mentioning with chris like they tried to hit two of them which you know good on them for trying yeah but
1: a plus for effort but uh no just just no but it's also okay. This is this is a real strange aside and has nothing to do with actually what we're talking about. But it's kind of uh, talking about they're trying to get ahead of the curve. Kind of you want to? I am setting us back a couple of years here to talk about Wicked Weed briefly. So they they acquired Wicked Weed and have still done nothing with it. Mm. Like that, they were poised after that acquisition to you know try and jump ahead of the national curve with sours going huge, and then they did nothing with it. Like, we're still sitting there, like, just sitting around with their thumbs up their butt, waiting to do what? Why is Pernicious not out in every gas station?
2: Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I guess, I was expecting, I was trying to think. It's like, yeah, I guess the, the distros never did really get that much bigger. Uh, but, mm, uh, I mean. I don't
1: know. Uh, maybe we can do a uh, an episode tasting tasting some of this stuff cuz I am intrigued. We're, I think
2: we're going to have to at this point, you know. Maybe. I mean, I'm willing to drink anything for
1: science. That's Maybe
0: the, yeah, just to just to
1: almost anything for science. Maybe we know people who are making good mead and we can mm. do a head-to-head challenge. Maybe
0: the real thing versus whatever that stuff is. <laughs> mm.
1: Mm
2: yeah sorry my taste buds just had like a flashback
1: yeah they, they had a 420 flashback and oh it was good oh yeah uh
0: all right
2: you would have liked these beverages hot beverages they weren't hot but and
1: they were not carbonated yeah yeah you, you probably would have enjoyed them maybe maybe you can if we can uh rustle up some bottles of said beverages well I guess uh, speaking of rustling up some bottles of beverages, perhaps,
0: I was gonna say well, I was gonna
2: say I was gonna say perhaps aBM Bev should have uh, found a different recipe to work from maybe right. one of these
0: you either go. way you we're, guys are...
2: we're falling over ourselves in
0: Segways <laughs> yeah. you guys you guys got this it's good uh, okay uh, and again from vine bear which are which is just killing it they, they've it's been a harvest
1: um, of great material there
0: that hurt a little bit That's, that's a pun. <laughs> <What>? okay. <laughs> Uh, so, 220 year old beer recipe resurrected by Belgian monks. So, a book of 12th century beer recipes is being used oh. to recreate beers from the past. The books <clears> were discovered in the archives at Grimbergen Abbey, a monastery founded in Grimbergen, Belgium in 1128. Good minute ago. Uh, the books which um, Grimbergen Abbey Uh, has had possession of for some time once belonged to the norbertine monastery which was burned down by french revolutionaries in 1798 now after four years of research the 220 year old recipes are being resurrected the brew will yield a hefty belgian ale of 10.8 percent apv ale is being produced by carlsberg which is based in copenhagen if you didn't know uh, which currently produces Grimbergen brand beer for markets outside of Belgium, and by uh, Alken Mays Brewery for the Belgian market.
2: Let's we point ha- out though, they've had the chance to do this forever. True. Just now deciding to.
0: Yeah, um, said uh, we had. Okay, we had the books with the old recipes, but nobody could read them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> says hey, fine, says fine. Father uh, Carl stout moss uh, the abbey's sub prior the recipes were written in old latin and old dutch <laughs> so okay the... hold I, on I just, there's a whole you...
1: episode of father ted starting to play out in my head <laughs> with this scenario i'm just gonna go like listen here monks uh, they, ha- they should it's at least have latin. the old latin figured out
0: but okay i'll give them the old dutch i guess <laughs> um, right. but anyways
2: dutch maybe but Someone called T two T two. So
0: this, someone kept someone kept Estonian.
2: Latin. Yeah, someone kept Latin on the uh, you know using it daily for years, and they're they're the Catholic Church.
0: Yeah, I anyway. Um, I love, they had to bring in volunteers to study the texts.
1: Give them the old uh, Dutch.
0: <laughs> it does. It does sound it really bad. bad.
1: That's so some kind of euphemism, yeah. the old Dutch. Uh, <laughs> there we were, and I decided to give her the old Dutch.
2: Oh. Well, I know exactly what it's a euphemism for, then. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> Please. Uh, so we've spent hours leafing through the books and have discovered ingredient lists for beers brewed in previous centuries. The hops used, the types of barrels and bottles, and even a list of the actual beers produced centuries ago, he said.
2: i have spent hours leafing through the old Dutch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. God. Okay, uh, an interesting aspect of the recipes is their use of hops, which was novel at the time when monasteries brewed with other herbs. That said, the beer recipe will be tweaked to cater to modern tastes. So this isn't a uh, a dogfish head situation, basically. I don't want that. I want... Yeah, you want the old school situation.
2: Uh, like, that's the thing. I, I just... Whatever, like we're re- we're bringing this old recipe back. No, don't.
1: Like, well, I mean, do, but
2: don't change it. Someone Just call give Sam me
1: Calgioni. Get him on this.
2: Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like the dogfish head thing. Like I feel like they've got it at least more figured out. I guess.
2: Still, it's pretty neat that uh, I do always like when they like try to bring back an old. Oh yeah. Yeah. Recipe something like this. So it's. I'm. I'm it makes really. Makes you feel like a makes you feel like an ar- a beer archaeologist.
1: Mm. Which is apparently a real occupation. It's a real I, thing. Yeah, I wish I'd known that before I gave up uh, my archaeology occupations. Mm.
2: <laughs> we could have done everything. Wow. Let's uh, now for something completely different.
1: <laughs> What's it? we could have could have done anything, but what didn't need done? <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> uh, well. Seems like molecular whiskey is becoming more and more a thing. Tasting whiskey uh, usually—I pulled this from Fortune, by the way—tasting whiskey usually means enjoying flavors created from uh, the interaction between the spirit and barrel over an extended period of time, like God intended. However, some companies are rethinking this traditional narrative. Uh, Endless West, a San Francisco-based startup, recently launched a spirit made without the use of tried-and-true techniques, like barrel aging, in a process the company labels Note-by-Note Production— we call it BS. <laughs> uh, Build is the world's first molecular whiskey. Glyph uh, is not just a symbol for what happens when science, alcohol, and ambition meet. Oh God, that's not a mission statement buzzword thing. I don't. Know. Anyway, uh, what might attract future generations of drinkers to the product they purchase? But what does whiskey made in a lab actually involve?
1: Well, uh, it, most whiskey does begin in a lab. I don't mm-hmm. know how the—we we have visited such yeast laboratories where these things begin.
2: Well, at Endless West, note-by-note production is a three-stage process, beginning in mapping out the molecules that give fine whiskies their unique tasting profile. To do this, the team studies the molecules found in currently available whiskies and spirits, analyzing what characteristics differentiate one whiskey from another. Uh, once the specific molecules are identified, the next phase is locating and acquiring them in their purest forms, such as sugars from corn or esters from fruit. Everything is naturally is sourced naturally from plants, yeast, and uh, fruits, as opposed to using artificial ingredients. Uh, the final step involves using the chosen molecules, along with neutral grain spirits, to build the flavor profile of a whiskey. Uh,
1: wait, wait, to build the flavor profile of a whiskey, but, but not actually a whiskey. <laughs> it's just kind of like my brain is like fighting every every word of this description.
2: Oh, I'm I'm just trying to read it now so I don't like okay, okay. explode in rage.
1: <laughs> I'll let you continue.
2: Uh, it's important to emphasize that uh, everything, and this is a quote from uh, the CEO and uh, co-founder Alec Lee. It's important to emphasize that everything we make is our own original recipe. Using note by note production process, we can make Glyph in under 24 hours
1: or overnight. Overnight whiskey.
0: Hmm. It just doesn't feel right. Like it just, I don't know. Uh,
2: The idea of being able to produce a whiskey that's twenty-four hour in twenty-four hours that could match the flavor profile of a twenty-four-year-old aged whiskey might seem outrageous, but it's a question of what if that tends to drive most innovations. So
1: uh, immediately in the chat. Very viking with uh you can't fake time yeah no well we there was the one they did with sound they were trying oh yeah
0: that was weird yeah
1: and it, it it's like a it wasn't the metallica <laughs> one there was another one where they were doing it metallica one was that was basically they play metallica for the whiskey while it's aging
2: the the sound one they they used sound vibrations to alter the state of the the stuff in there. They basically put a put a chunk of barrel in there and shook it to to yeah. get it to get in there. And then it there, it, and then starts it, to it back. fades after.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that one's like a, a whiskey with a shelf life. Hmm. Uh, well, the. Uh, let's see. The uh, reality is that most spirit and wine making processes are pretty inefficient, especially when you consider the requirements for aging, says Lee. We're simply making a statement that you can reimagine this traditional product in a new way at a uh, certain cost, time, and sustainability advantages that happen to come with it. Uh, so, I, yeah. Uh, well, they say here, from a scientific perspective, the premise that the molecules found in aged whiskey can be found throughout nature is valid enough for individuals to, uh, to conduct experimentation. However, despite years of studying, making, drinking whiskey, humans still have work to do when it comes to understanding whiskey's DNA. Uh, the problem is uh, we analyzed whiskey down to the molecular level and reconstructed a new whiskey based on that information uh, is the... Complexity of the whiskey is not uh, – even to this day is poorly understood, says Dr. Pat Heist, co-founder and chief scientific officer uh, of – sorry, for uh, Wilderness Trail Distillery and Firm Solutions, Inc. Uh, Inc. There is likely chemicals in there that you can taste, but there are uh, levels that are so minute that they can be picked up uh, – can't even be picked up by the most uh, uh, most sophisticated chemical analysis. Uh as with any new product making its debut in the industry, opinions have varied. Uh, I love science and innovation, so long, uh, so I'm not opposed to the existence of a whiskey substitute, says drinker, uh, drinks writer Camper English of academics.com. So,
1: yeah. sorry to cut in. I was there. It's in Danville. <laughs> when I was shitting my <laughs> pants in Danville, I was like, I could see this distillery. Oh, the distillery that the other guy was—yeah, from Wilderness yeah. Trail. Yeah, nice. Uh, so you said that, and suddenly I was like, "Wait, I almost went there." <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, they're 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 trying to to you know to manufacture the experience of whiskey without doing any of the work, which
1: it just seems lazy. I don't, yeah it doesn't talk... seem
0: innovative to me it so just they, seems lazy they
1: talk about it being inefficient but that's what whiskey is it's you're being criminally inefficient to make a better product you're putting time and labor into this as opposed to finding shortcuts mm-hmm. that is what whiskey is all about
0: I mean the same thing happens with everything like like the tea or or certain foods or I you can't just I, I don't
2: know this feels like a step forward towards uh towards uh, uh Star Trek replicator booze.
0: Hm
2: It's like yeah or the they do on the Orville where they like they order just give me bourbon and it materializes bourbon. Uh and I'm like that wouldn't be true. That would be you know it would be blasphemy. This stuff arranged.
1: That would be blasphemy and if there were a god he would smite them.
2: <laughs> uh now here what what if in that case uh there was some sort of of whiskey shortage you were not able to get true whiskey anymore some some terrible tragedy happened and all of the whiskey in all of the world vanished and it was going to take you know 5 years for us to get even something yeah and all we had left
0: i mean at that point it's desperate times you know <laughs> it, it there's we're not there. (laughs) Right. I'm just saying, like, it's... Desperate times, desperate measures, all that business, but, you know, right now, just, just, you know. I don't, I don't want to reject something out of hand.
2: I will say, though, that as I read it, I immediately just went, no, this is wrong, and you shouldn't do it.
0: But... (laughs) This is bad, and you should feel bad. We
1: saw the title, and went, this is wrong and terrible, and let's talk about it on the show, so we can just flame it.
0: But...
2: You know, until I actually get to try it, I can't really say, I guess, officially how good or bad it is. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to be quite the same thing. And even if it, even if they could perfectly replicate every bit of the flavor, there is a psychological component, I think, that would be still in your head of, this was made by, you know, yeah. the proper way. And therefore it feels better to have. So, uh, if this other stuff cost 50 cents, instead yeah. of, you know, it's like, all right, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: maybe for a cheap drink, but not
1: I, So not, not for true. You take that and think about our stories with uh, Buffalo Trace and the uh, Bourbon Pompeii. So they are, this other distillery quotes is um, cutting every corner they can to make whiskey, whereas Buffalo Trace is... Going painstakingly to the opposite side to recommission a 200 year old fermentation vat that was like solid copper and all this stuff Mm -hmm. that is criminally inefficient, but they are trying their best to revert back to an even less efficient method. To make a more traditional whiskey.
0: Because of quality.
1: Yes, because of quality and time and effort. And nothing will replace the 200 years of history that's going to come out of that vat.
2: So I think I know where we all stand on this. (laughs)
0: Yeah. If you have opinions, you you can let us know. If you
1: have opinions, you can keep them to yourself.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, the... I think a lot of people who listen to the show would probably have that same thing. I'm like, no, this is...
1: I'm pretty sure... If you're drinking
2: whiskey, yeah. this is how whiskey should be. But,
1: you know... If you differ, and uh, yeah, you can really let us know at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com if you have a differing opinion on this. And or if you have the same it. one.
2: Sometimes an echo yeah. chamber at least makes you feel good.
1: Yeah. But again, if you can defend this somehow, uh, just let us know. Shoot us shoot us an email.
2: <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Bob. <laughs> they already said it. I, I,
1: I was like, uh,
2: yeah, you're right. This is wrong. This is, this is everything wrong with the world. But
1: well, uh, let's keep moving. We've hung on this too long. Uh, speaking of how the people feel, uh, there have been some people moves. Uh, let's. We're going to compress a number of these stories, thanks to Brewbound actually going ahead and compressing a bunch of these stories for us, because we used to talk at length. We'd have three or four stories per episode about uh, all these like. Board member shifts and brewmaster shifts and things going on in the industry, but we have a nice rundown of some things that have been happening. So, uh, we're gonna talk about Great Lakes where Bill Door
2: Wait, no, hold on.
1: That's <laughs> we had this pre show conversation. That's death in, in Reaper Man
2: and Terry Pratchett's Discworld novel, yes. Reaper Man.
1: <laughs> He's trying to death tries to find the most like human normal name and he comes up with Bill Dor. He comes
2: up with Bill. And they ask him for a last name. And he doesn't realize he's supposed to have one. And it's that thing where he looks around the room and goes, door. <laughs> yeah. uh, Too, good. Too good. So I guess Death has retired and Became a worked in brewing. And yes. then he's the CEO. Sense. And
0: then also, that's I guess a, he's, that's a great he's book stepping series. down
1: to get back to work. So. It's a great book series, never everyone should go watch Good Omens and cry heartily.
0: Oh no, no, I meant like Death as a Brewer. That oh. would be a good book series.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would. I'd read that. So, after nearly four years as CEO of Great Lakes Brewing Company, Bill Bohr has departed the Cleveland, Ohio-based craft brewery to become chief executive at Phoenix, Arizona-based manufactured housing maker CAVCO Industries. Kind, of, kind of a jump there. Uh, not not really following no. how <laughs> that happened. Uh, Bohr officially took over CAVCO's CEO post on April 15th my birthday how about that and tax day and the day the Titanic sank and the day you know, some Ramones died and I was we'll going to over- say the
2: day the music died Yeah,
1: and will oversee the company's day to day operations he has more than a decade of experience with CAVCO, where he has served as chairman of the company's board according to the press release so he so
2: not that had- unusual of a jump
1: already had some toes in those mm-hmm. waters uh, he said, "I'm excited to have the opportunity to lead the company's next chapter, working closely with the board and entire Cavco team to help the company deliver value to all stakeholders, including customers, employees, partners, and the most businessy-sounding uh, quotes ever in hmm. the history." Let's scoot on to what's going on at Rogue, on,
2: r- real quick. He was the company's uh, company's fir- first CEO.
1: Stepped out, at- went to brewing. Ken is not coming. Cause, right, cause I was just saying, he, crashing hard. Yeah, it's like.
2: Well, he also said it was an unanticipated but amicable split. But it was still like he was their first CEO five years ago or
1: four <laughs> years ago. No huh. one stays in beer that long, and when they do, they become a legend. No, no,
2: just that their first CEO was oh. for Great Lakes was
1: four yeah. years ago. Because the, I guess
2: they like they, they changed their their structure of the company at some point. Yeah, the
1: the, the structure shifted, and they are still employee owned. But uh, they have a CEO now. I think that okay. there was some kind of, like, share swap that happened. Mm. Uh, but we're going to scoot on to Rogue, where their brewmaster is going to retire in July. Longtime Rogue Ales brewmaster, John Mayer, not that one, announced oh, plans say, to... say, <laughs> your
2: brewery's a wonderland.
1: <laughs> it might very well be. Another distillery is... Uh, and they humored my drunk ass for a long time. Uh, John Mayer announced plans to retire in July 2019, according to Brew Public. Uh, Mayor 64 made the announcement during last week's uh, John Mayer Coastal Brew Fest. A retirement party is slated for July 27th at the Rogue Eastside Pub in Portland. That's where we went. A placement has not yet been named. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's go on to goose island they have appointed keith gabbett as brewmaster keith gabbett officially became the fifth brewmaster at anheuser-busch owned goose island gabbett who has served on the chicago craft brewery's brewing team for the last decade was most recently the head of goose island's barrel brewing and cellar program which means you should probably be excited for some more stuff coming out of goose Uh,
2: uh, yeah like this the man that's in charge of your uh, He's been in charge your Bourbon of,
1: County. Your Bourbon counties which is one. Okay. Of the, like no matter what, a lot of people say. Like even me, uh, I will pull the. I am the hypocrite here, where I'm like, I don't like anything. Ab Ab ruins everything, and the Bourbon County comes out, and my ass is out in line at two a.m. <laughs> I'm like Ab oh, ruins everything. This beer is pretty good. <laughs> Ab ruins everything. Here's three hundred dollars. Give me one of each. Uh, Gavin's supplants Jared uh, Jankowski who departed the company in January to become brewmaster at Octopi Brewing in Madison, Wisconsin. In a QA and a on the Goose Island website, Gabbitt said he's hoping to build off the work of past brewmasters such as Jankowski. Uh, nothing is off the table, so I'm really excited to see where that leads us. One thing I've been watching in particular is the better-for-you space, so keep your eyes open for innovations in the genre.
2: You know what should be off the table? Metal.
1: Yeah, 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 metal.
2: You should keep that rust taste out of your beer.
1: Yeah, get back to that core lineup and get get that metal taste out of the IPAs. God, it shouldn't shouldn't. Think be there. how good.
2: Sorry, I'm just like like man. Imagine if if their main lineup was good again.
1: <laughs> Could be, uh, but there's some Heineken like sales team stuff also in the story, and we're just gonna scoot past that onto a very interesting story that I am very excited to hear about. Yeah. It, it, not a place you'd expect uh, to see the yard sale signs go up.
0: Yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, again, man, same source. Sorry. Uh, I wasn't here for same the news person. collection. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it is. So, um, Pabst, the Pabst Mansion, specifically, is having a yard sale.
1: So, hipsters. Hipsters, hipsters love yard sales. They'll be out there... <laughs> They'll, they'll be out there to buy somebody's grandpa's clothes. Is that, is that what are they selling at the Pabst Mansion yard sale? Like, I'm curious about this. Like, what's out there?
0: Well, the former home of gonna Pabst Brewing founder. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, Captain Frederick Pabst. <laughs> I got
1: twenty dollars in my pocket.
0: Now I'm gonna have that song in my head. <laughs> um, but I've got the best of Booty Mix song in my head version. Anyway, uh, anyway, so the family lived there from 1892 to 1908. And it's lighting its load of housewares, Buriana, and other knickknacks with an estate sale on June eighth, two 2019. What about paddy wax? (laughs) Any bones for dogs? (laughs) Oh dear. Uh, The more than 1,000 items for sale include beer steins, beer bottles, and decanters, Victorian era furniture, tobacco cards, a cigar wrap album, a cast iron railing from Milwaukee's old railway. That's actually kind of neat uh and journal sentinel reports um the items being sold did not belong to the paps family but were sta- uh, staging <laughs> why items, were they there <laughs> staging <laughs> items used by the museum before it acquired original pieces from the family uh quote we didn't have all the decorations and ornaments uh ornamentations in 1978 so we acquired staging pieces says the um Pabst Mansion president.
1: So don't let them lie. This is all to raise the money to keep the brand afloat because remember they were trying to, they were having that whole lawsuit to keep Miller brewing it. Yeah. Miller has to keep doing. Um, they need uh, to,
2: to get some new facilities. No more gypsy brewing.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, no, we got we to gotta raise this cabbage and we got to raise it fast. How do we get it? I don't know. We start at this mansion. Let's just sell off everything down to the foundation.
0: Yeah. Th- because they say yard sale, but then it's an estate sale. Like everything must go. Situation. No, no, no.
1: It's a yard sale. I want someone outside, like damn near down to their underwear, blankets, sitting, sitting in a chair that is also for sale. And they're just like that little, you know, metal lock box, and they're selling everything. For, the poster board with the yeah. sign. You know.
0: Um. But so if you're if you're interested in in, in going, uh, this sale is going to be June 8th, and it's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on uh, West Wisconsin Avenue in the parking lot across from the mansion. <laughs> Of
2: course.
0: <laughs> I want to go.
2: I want to go, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go and just watch. I don't want to buy anything. I love that it, it
0: kind of reads like, um, like the that that last part reads like. Uh, I want to like some stuff. Like a radio announcement for a yard sale, like, <laughs> yeah. and this, uh, like the like the. Like the and in the community news, we've got...
1: You know, like, in our community newsletter, uh, we've got uh, the estate sale going on over at the Past Mansion. Yeah. So if everyone wants to swing by there, they're raising money for a good cause. <laughs> basically Not going
0: out of business. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Um, we always end on the best notes. Um, well, we would like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show. Uh, but we do the weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow where things will be updated very soon. Uh, we'll, we'll see you again next week. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
1: I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.